Welcome back to another episode of Men's Bible Study. Dr. Justin Hillhouse is here to start the new year off as we go into the Book of Lamentations. Next week, we're going to start a new sermon series, but this week, we're going to talk about new beginnings. Now, let's hear from Dr. Justin Hillhouse. All right, gentlemen, as you grab your seat, grab your copy of God's Word, open it up, turn it on. We're going to be in Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. Happy New Year. I hope you all had a good New Year and enjoyed uh, the time with... Yeah, I know. It's ironic. It's going to get better, though. So happy new year. I hope you had fun with your family and friends. And uh, we're going to start a new series uh, next week. But this week, kind of wanted to focus on New Year's. And really, kind of the topic I wanted to talk about today was just simply new beginnings. And when you look at New Year's, um, the reality is, is that at this point, we're roughly 36 hours into the new year, aren't we? We're roughly 36 hours into the new year. And what I've discovered between 2023 to 2024, so far, not much has changed. Okay? Y'all with me on that? I mean, now, today, this morning, when I got up, today was the first time I have put on pants since uh, 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 Christmas Eve night, okay? So Christmas Eve night, I took off my pants. I know y'all wanted that visual in your mind. And then the only thing I've worn between now and to this point are the stretchy pants, okay? Y'all with me on that? And so when I got up this morning and I put these pants on and then I put on my belt, I noticed I had to use a different notch. How many of you are with me, okay? So there are some of you here, though, and, and for most of us here in this room, not much has changed. Maybe our, our, our weight has fluctuated just a little bit. You might have the same amount of money or maybe a little bit less in your bank account. The issues that you're going through in 2023 actually rolled over, and they are the same in 2024. You still wake up, and then you have the same wife that you had. Are you all with me on that? Okay. Okay, if you have a different wife, let's talk about that. But if you, you have your same spouse, you have your same kids, you have your same boss, you have your same job, you have your same, everything pretty much stays the same. And with everything staying the same, so do the same issues and problems that you were struggling with in 2023. They still follow you in 2024. Everyone says, hey, it's, it's New Year's and we get a clean slate. The reality is, is that we are carrying so much baggage from 2023 straight into 2024. And the same stuff that you have been dealing with in 2023 are going to roll over and follow you into 2024. And guys, as I was preparing for our time here today, um, I, was, I was beginning to be, to be excited as I was studying the passage that we are going to study. I, I said at the very beginning, Happy New Year, grab your Bible, turn it on, open it up. We're in Lamentations and Frazier laughed. He said, ha, ah, that's pretty funny. Happy New Year, and yet open up your book to Lamentations. When you look at the book of Lamentations, it is written by a dude by the name of Jeremiah. Scholars have given him the nickname, the Weeping Prophet. And as a matter of fact, Lamentations uh, is not the most encouraging book. <laughs> as a matter of fact, it's a book that is full of sorrow. It is full of pain. The book of Lamentations specifically 
expresses humiliation, suffering, and despair, particularly to the people of Jerusalem and to the people of Israel following the destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonians in 587 B.C. And so the reality is, is that things are not really all that great for the people of Israel during this time. And Jeremiah is expressing in the book of Lamentations the suffering of the people caused by their disobedience. And so they are paying a high price for not following God. And they've spent a long time suffering and Jeremiah is simply expressing this. If you look at just the first couple verses of Lamentations chapter 3, these are called kind of short laments. But he writes in, in verse 1, I am a man who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than in light. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old and has broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness. These uh, like those long dead. I tell you what, you continue to read Lamentations and you might just be depressed. And for us here today, the same issues, the same struggles, the same boss, the same things that are coming up in your life today, they are just simply rolling over from 2023. And the reality is, is that not much has changed. You might be going through something tough that's been short. You might be going through something tough that's not only been through you, or been with you through 2023. It might have been a rollover from 2022, from 2021. Yet, in all of these things, when we have New Year's, one of the things you hear over and over is that, hey, there is hope. And when New Year's comes around every year at the same time, we are reminded and we become Hopeful, We become hopeful that in the next 365 days, something might change. Something might be different. And when you read Lamentations chapter 3, Jeremiah is continuing just to unload and just express how tough things are. But in the middle of him talking about how bad things are, in verse 21... He writes this. He says, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I wait I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hope, whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. You now, from these six verses, we see three important things that we can pull from as men as we look into 2024. Here's three things that you can always go back to that you can remember. And so let's just kind of walk through this real quick. The first thing is this, is that every day is a fresh start. 
When Jeremiah is writing, he reminds us that every day is a new day and it is a fresh start. If you look at 21 and 22, 23, it says, Yet I call to mind, and therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love. Uh, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. And then look at this. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. If you notice, all throughout Scripture... It is consistent that God is passionate and loves a new day. Thought about that? God loves a new day. We look at weeks, we look at months, we look at years, but God wants us to look at each day and each new day and each day is a new day. Guys, right now, it's six whatever time in the morning. People are just now starting to wake up. It's a new day today. You've heard the idiom, I'm looking forward to the day, which simply means that you're looking forward to something great happening today. It could happen uh, big, it could be significant, or it could be small, but there is something that is going to happen and be good Today, And when you look at Scripture, it states that each new day, each new morning, God's love is upon us and that His compassions never fail. So you can hold on to this, men. If you had a rough day tomorrow, today is a new day, and God has His love and His compassion, and He can't wait to give it to you today. Not all year long. Today, right here right now. Each and every day is a new day. And when the day changes, guess what? God's love is there. God shows up. His compassion is there. God wants to do something amazing today. Scripture states this over and over, specifically in the mornings. Psalm 118.24, this is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. That is a famous, famous verse. That's a famous, famous song. Y'all remember that song? This is the day, this is the day. Y'all know that song? That the Lord has made, that the Lord. And we know, I will rejoice. Man, today is a new day. You wake up and you say, man, I'm not looking forward to today. Scripture says, man, wake up, look forward to the day. Rejoice. Man, today is a new day. Look at Psalm 35, 30 verse 5. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Look at this. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Psalm 143, 8. Let the morning bring me your word of unfailing love for I have put my trust in you show me the way I should go for to you I entrust my life I tell you what that's a great prayer to pray every morning when you get up if you don't know what to do when you're talking to God I would pray this verse every morning let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love what does Jeremiah write he says man in the morning your unfailing love, your compassion is right there with me. Even the world has figured out that the mornings and that a new day is important. Research 
indicates that cortisol levels, I have no clue what cortisol is, but I hear it's pretty awesome. That was a joke, it didn't work out, did it? Nobody laughed. <laughs> Research indicates that cortisol levels are higher for the first few hours after waking up. Higher cortisol levels lead to increased alertness as well as greater productivity. Additionally, those who wake up early and follow a schedule have more time to complete tasks throughout the day. Even the world knows and understands and sees that new days every day, every morning, something great has the potential to happen throughout the day. So whatever it is your morning looks like, however it looks, there is an opportunity for God to show up and for God to do something, not only in you and in your heart, but also in those around you. Jeremiah knows that Israel is struggling and that the people are struggling and he is struggling. And every morning he wakes up and he is reminded God is still in control. God can still do something. God can do something great today. We don't know what it is. We don't know what it looks like, but we know God loves us and God has compassion for us today. Each new day gives us a chance to face and to conquer challenges, to encourage others, and to make an impact on other people's lives. Every evening, we should be excited about going to bed because guess what? When I wake up, it's going to be a new day. Guys, today's a new day. God has mercies today that he wants to show each one of us. God has love today that he wants to show each one of us. God has compassion today that he wants to give each one of us. We, you've heard the phrase carpe diem, you know, seize the day or, or go fishing. That's what I take it as is carpe diem. But we're not talking about going out and seizing the day. What Jeremiah is writing is that each new day is a fresh start that God gives us. And that while there is trouble and that while there is turmoil, whatever it is that you are struggling with or struggling through, God gives us the strength. He gives us the stamina to get through it because of him. If you look at Philippians 4:19 it says this and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus and this kind of leads us to our second thought and we see that in verse 24 so Jeremiah says hey each new morning each new day hey God's love and his compassion is right there for us but then he says this I say to myself the Lord is my portion therefore I will wait for him the second thought here is we see that God is more than enough to counterbalance my troubles and my losses he is more than enough to counterbalance counterbalance my troubles and my losses if you see there in that it says you know the Lord is my is my portion uh, when I read that I, I kind of struggled uh, with that a little bit. And I like what Matthew Henry said. He said this uh, as a commentator. He said, when I have lost all I have in the world, 
liberty and livelihood and almost life itself. Yet I have not lost my interest in God. Portions on earth are perishing things, but God, uh, but God is portion forever. The word portion from the Hebrew here has legal connotations to it. It means to give as possession. Okay. Um, but more specifically, it is an implication of what is granted to someone. Uh, it differs radically from many of the Hebrew words whose roots come uh, from meaning to divide. When we think of, hey, here is a portion, we think of, hey, let's break things apart. We think of, hey, I'm sitting down, I'm getting ready to get an inheritance and have my brothers and sisters. So my brother's going to get this. My sister's going to get that. I'm going to, we think of it kind of like breaking apart or parting something out. But what this word means is to specifically gain as a direct inheritance or rather to simply possess so if God is my portion, does that mean I get a piece of God? No, it means I get all of God. And when I get all of God, when I get all of Him, and He is my complete and my total portion, what does that bring? When God comes with us, when He is with us, what does that entail? I think that entails two big things for us as men. Number one, God gives us security. He protects us even when things are bad. When things are not going the way they ought to go, He continually steps in and protects us. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3, But the Lord is faithful, and He will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Psalm 138, uh, verse 7. Though I walk through the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger uh, of my foes and your right hand. And with your right hand, you save me. Second Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Thank God is our security. He is our security. He is the one that constantly looks out for us, that constantly protects us. There are things that you might be going through that God has stepped in and he is protecting you whether you know it or not. He is your portion of protection. But not only that, he is also hope. God gives us hope because what we are going through right now is not going to last forever. And in hope and with hope, it produces qualities in us that make us stronger. I like what uh, Romans 12, 12 says. It says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Look at that, be joyful in hope. You might be struggling. You might be going through something. People say, man, why do you have a smile on your face? Why do you keep a positive attitude? You know why? Because my, my hope is not in the current situation. My hope is rather in who, in who is in control of that situation. You with me? You with me on that? 
My hope is not in the situation. My hope is not on that guy or that gal to make this situation go away. My hope is not necessarily in this doctor. My hope is not necessarily in this friend, but rather my hope is in the man, in the God man, in the God, Jesus Christ. And you know what? No matter what happens, he's in control. No matter what happens, he is in control. That leads us to our final thought, which is this. Is keep waiting because God has something great coming. Keep waiting because God has something great coming. In verse 35, it says, The Lord is good to those who hope in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Warren Wiersbe said this, Some of your greatest blessings come with patience. Waiting is one of the hardest things to do. We wait for things all the time. Y'all with me on that? Tell you what, uh, as a man, I've never had to wait for the bathroom. Y'all with me on that? Y'all ever gone to like a concert or something like that? And you gotta go to the bathroom and so you walk by the ladies' line, you know, you walk by the ladies' restroom and there's a line going out. Y'all with me on this? Yeah? I got to go to the Cotton Bowl uh, on Friday in Missouri, one M-I-Z. Yeah, Z-O-U, all right, losers. Anyway, <laughs> I got to go to the Cotton Bowl. It's, it's 30 seconds before halftime and I'm like, dude, I need to use the restroom. So I went down. And apparently we were up there in the nosebleeds. It doesn't matter. It was awesome. And it came down and guys, I stood in line for 20 minutes to use the restroom. I know. Unbelievable. I was like, Jerry Jones, as much as I spent tickets for this game, you can at least, you know, give us a few more urinals. Amen. That preach it. Yeah. I've never had to wait. I went back to my seat, I looked at my wife, and I said, babe, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> I just experienced what you have to experience sometimes, you know? You have to wait, I get it. Guys, we hate to wait. I hate waiting. I don't like to wait. Um, did you know that the average person throughout their lifetime spends five years waiting in lines? We spend roughly six months of our lives waiting at traffic lights. And this one, this one really, this one hurt. In our lifetime, you will spend 43 days waiting on hold for customer service. I hate waiting. But as we close, there are three reasons why it is good to be patient and to wait on God. Remember, we, there's a new day. God has new compassions, new love for you. So there, it is worth waiting. If, if, if God does not show up in your situation today, guess what? There is always tomorrow. And God's love is always renewed tomorrow. And His compassions are renewed tomorrow. So we can wait day after day after day. But there are three reasons why God wants us to wait. And that is good for us to be patient. Be patient, first of all. It develops persistence and resilience in each one of us. 
It's a character builder. I kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier, but let's talk about it a little bit more. In Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5, it says this, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering uh, okay, produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Patience is a character builder. Why do we teach our kids patience? Because it builds character in them. And as they wait in them, it produces perseverance, it produces character, it produces hope. Ian Bounds said this, I think so often Christians fail or I think Christians fail so often to get answers to their prayers because they do not wait long enough on God. They just drop down and say a few words and then jump up and forget it and expect God to answer them. Such praying always reminds me of the small boy ringing his neighbor's doorbell and then running away as fast as he can go. Tell you what, that sounds a lot like us. God, please fix the situation. Thanks, bye, I gotta go. I'm in a hurry. I can't stop and wait on you. You ever thought, man, God, God wants you to wait? For those of you that have kids and grandkids, they still, you know, hey, let's open up these Christmas presents. Let's go, let's go. And you're like, no, wait, wait. Why do you tell them to wait? Because waiting is worth it. It's worth the wait. Waiting is worth it. And God, He wants us to wait. You might be going through a situation right now that's been prolonged. God's saying, hey, just wait just a little bit longer because something great is about to happen and I'm getting ready to do it. And when I do it, the only thing you will be able to say is glory to God. The only thing you will be able to do is to give me the praise in me, the glory. So waiting develops perseverance and resilience. It also allows us to be a better listener. You ever thought about that? It allows us to be a better listener. Maybe God is wanting you to wait so that you can hear what he has to say. Calm down, settle down, and just listen to what he has to say. Luke eleven twenty eight. Jesus is talking and he replied, he said this, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. You know, when I stop and I actually hear and listen to what somebody says, I can better comprehend what they need me to do. When I stop and I wait and I hear and I listen to what people say, I can better comprehend and understand what I need to do. Um, you ever run into that situation where your spouse tells you something, your wife tells you something, and you didn't hear everything she said? Every day, right? If it's every day, you got a problem, right? You might want to get that fixed. There are times when, when my wife will say something, and if I will just slow down, if I will just be patient, if I will stop for just a minute, put everything down and put all my focus and all my attention on what she's telling me, 
My life and my marriage is going to run a lot smoother. Y'all with me on that? We got in an argument just before her parents walked in the door. Because I didn't realize her parents were staying with us. And apparently she told me a week ago. Apparently. Allegedly. I was like, babe, you never told me. She goes, I told you twice. Didn't you listen? No. No. You know, I'm afraid we're going to get to heaven and God's going to say, I told you twice. Did you listen? And we're going to go, "Uh, no. And then God would probably say something like this. Well, you missed out on something that I had for you. You missed out on something that I wanted to do in your life that I was going to give you. And you just kept on going and blowing right on by. And I kept on talking to you and talking to you. But you were so busy that you did not stop and listen to what I had to say. If you look there, what Jesus says, he said, blessed are those who hear the word of God and then obey it. Jesus doesn't say obey the word of God and listen to what he says. But rather he says, first, it's a process. First, stop and listen. First, stop and listen. Look at what it says in Philippians 4, 9. Whatever you have learned and received or heard from me or seen in me. Okay. Put it into practice and the grace of God and peace be with you. Whatever you have learned, you have received, you have heard from me. This is Paul talking. He says, hey, listen, whatever you have observed, whatever, whatever it is, take it, process it, and then do it. Slow down. Take it. Process it. Hear what God has to say. And then third, when it comes to patience, you learn how to live more peacefully. You learn how to live more peacefully. You're not running around. You're not stressed out. Look at what Psalm 29, 11 says. It says, the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about everything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to the Lord. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. Man, when I stop, when I slow down and I am patient, there is peace. Because I'm not running around, I'm not chasing my tail, I'm not running after this solution or running after that solution or trying to figure this out. I'm just stepping back and I'm just saying, God, you just work. Today is a new day. I'm going to let you do, God, what you do. And I am here to listen to you and then to do exactly what you tell me to do. You know, as we close out, as stated, not much has changed between 2023 into 2024. But a new year does not bring hope. God does not say, wait for next year and I'll give you hope. Wait for next year and I will give you compassion. Wait for next year and I will give you love. No, what does God say? He says every day, every morning, His love is there. His compassion is there. His grace is there 
just for you. So whatever it is you're going through, Whatever has rolled over from 2023 into 2024, God's mercies and grace is anew today, this morning. And that, ladies and gentlemen, out of all of Jeremiah's lamenting, in the middle of it, he recognizes and he realizes Our God is great, our God is strong, our God loves us, and He wants to do a work in you today. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for this day. As we go our separate ways, whether we are uh, finishing the week out on vacation or whether we got to go back to work, whatever it is, God, you uh, have created this new day uh, for each one of us. And no matter what we're going through today, God, your compassions are new today. Your mercies are new today. Your love is new today for each one of us. So God, as men, may we cling to that. May we put our faith, our hope, and our trust, not in any situation, not in any person, but only in you, Lord Jesus. May we trust you with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, knowing that you have something great for us. It may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, it may not be next week or even next month. But God, you have something great and that you are working all things to your glory. And so, Lord Jesus, uh, we thank you for our time here today. And God, I just ask that you would uh, do an amazing work in each man's life this year. And that everything that each one of us goes through is for the sole purpose of drawing us closer to you. Father, may we be salt and light in this dark and bland world. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And all God's men said, y'all have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's Bible study. For more information regarding Cottonwood Creek, go to cottonwoodcreek.org. And we hope you tune in next time for more episodes of Men's Bible Study.